The psalmist in Psalm 46 is going through some terrible times, and there are, there's, a, there's some debate over whether or not that was uh, just one psalmist, most likely David, who was going through one of those bad times. We know his story. We know he went through a lot of bad times. So we don't know if, if Psalm 46 was written by David about his own personal experience, or could it have been written in a more corporate sense that this, uh, the, the psalmist was writing for the nation of Israel as they went through some of their bad times. And we don't know for sure, but what we do know for certain is that this psalmist has experienced some difficult times in life. We know that because of the testimony that he gives and the lessons that he learns. And much like the psalmist, today we are facing, those, facing very difficult times. We find ourselves in times of trouble today. The, the pandemic still has a firm grip on us. Uh, our nation is being torn apart by uh, uh, racism and protests and riots. Uh, we're, we, we experienced a depression era, unemployment, and the economy is going to take a long time to recover. We're facing difficult times and all the anger and the fear and the frustration that is part of all of those issues uh, just, just are making things even more and more difficult for us. We need to hear the song of the psalmist. And as we sang the songs this morning, I hope you noticed that common theme throughout the, the songs that we sang, whether they were choruses or, or those great old traditional hymns, that God is here to take care of us. He is able. He is good. He's a fortress. He is faithful. We can depend on him. Uh, death was arrested just because he said so, and we can, we can rely on him. The Psalm 46 is, is another song like that. Remember, the Psalms are songs. Uh, the, the, the book of Psalms is really a hymn book. And these, many of them were songs that the people sang during worship. 46 is no exception. This was written specifically for a choir, and even more than that, it was written specifically for uh, higher voices, sopranos or something like that. We know that because of the, uh, the inscription there at the title uh, to Alamath. That would be a, a high voice. So this is a song that's intended to be sung as an act of worship. And, I, and as we look at the song, we're going to see that it has three stanzas in it. And each stanza has a theme that we need to consider this morning. And let's start with verse, uh, with verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. And that is the first stanza, the theme of this first stanza that we're going to look at is that he is our refuge. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I love the way he starts that when he says, God is our refuge. There's almost an implication there that says, other people may have some other refuge. Others might turn to someone else, but our God is our refuge. Elohim is the refuge that we have chosen. And it brings to mind the question that we have to ask ourselves, to what or to whom do I turn in times of trouble? 
Because there are folks who turn to entertainment and they, they want to just ignore and, and, and escape the problems in their lives. There are those who turn to a bottle or to a pill. There are those who turn to the advice of people they find on social media. There are, we, we, we turn to all kinds of sources. And can we today say, can we sing like the psalmist, God is our refuge He's the one to whom we turn when life is difficult and when trouble hits. God is our refuge, a very present help in time of trouble. In Psalm 122, the first two verses there, the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord and the maker of heaven and earth. He says, I don't know where you get your help, but my help comes from the Lord. And he's not just, he's not just my God. He's not just the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. The guy who put all this stuff together is the guy that I get to run to in times of trouble. He put it all together so he knows how to handle it. And I can trust him every step along the way. And so the psalmist says, our God, our God is our refuge and our strength. In the year 1527, Martin Luther experienced one of the worst years of his life. On April 22, a dizzy spell caused him to quit preaching in the middle of his sermon. That would not be unexpected today. We understand today probably what was happening for the last 10 years before that, he had been under tremendous stress. 10 years earlier, he had posted his 95 theses on the door at, at, uh, at Wittenberg. And after he posted the 95 theses, he was under tremendous pressure, political and theological. And he, he dealt with that for an entire decade or so. And the stress just continued to build. And now in 1527, not only is he getting over that stress, but now his own fellow reformers are fighting with him about things like the Lord's Supper. And it had put him into a deep depression. And so when he stood before his congregation that day in April, the, the stress caused that dizzy spell and he could not continue. Life was very difficult for Luther that year, July 6, he got so ill that he thought he was going to die. Later on in that same year, the plague spread throughout his hometown of Wittenberg and his, his own house was transformed into a makeshift hospital in which he had to watch many of his own friends die. It was a terrible year for him. And it is in the midst of those dark days and the terrible storms of life that he sat down and he wrote one sentence. <clears throat> he wrote down, the only comfort against raging Satan is that we have God's word to save the souls of believers. And from that one sentence, he gained the strength and the inspiration so that in that same year, he expanded that one sentence into an entire hymn based on this psalm, Psalm 46. And when that hymn was translated into English, 
it read, a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. He knew about mortal ills that year. It was the worst year of his life. You and I know something about mortal ills. As we look around us, we are reminded of the difficulties and the troubles and the heartaches of life. But we can know that we have a mighty fortress. God is our refuge and our strength. And notice the last half of that first verse. He says, a very present help in time of trouble. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody when they were sitting right there next to you? They could hear you and you could hear them, but you could tell they weren't really there. You had a conversation. Maybe you went out to dinner and you were trying to talk to, to the person on the other side of the table and you could tell that they were really thinking about the work that they had to do the next day or they were, they were daydreaming. They were off. Some, they, were, they were present, but they weren't there. This powerful promise, this, this incredible testimony, God is our refuge. He is our strength and he is a very present help. In time of trouble. He's not just present. He's here. He is with us. The power of his presence enables us to trust and to know that we are well cared for. Matter of fact, that idea of him being with us goes throughout this psalm. Verses 1, 5, 7, and 11 all remind us that he is with us even in those difficult times. Through the years, I have drawn your attention many times to Psalm 23 and verse 4. And the reason I do that so often is because it has come to mean so much to me and I want it to mean so much to you that we're going to continue to come back to it over and over again. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I'm going through the worst of times, the valley, I'm in the, I'm in the lowest time. And it's not just the lowest time, it's the darkest time. I'm in the valley of the shadow. And it's not just the lowest time and the darkest time. It's the, it, it's the saddest time. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. That's why we don't have to fear in the valley because he is with us. He sent his son and they called his name Emmanuel, God with us. That is a powerful promise. He is our refuge, our strength. He's very present in our time of trouble. And then if we continue into verse 2, it says, Therefore, therefore, in, in, in other words, because of who he is, because he is our refuge, because he's our strength, because he's very present in our time of trouble to provide that help. Therefore, we will not fear. In my opinion, one of the greatest preachers of our time is Dr. Joel Gregory. And Dr. Gregory recently pointed out that it is significant that, that the first word of this psalm is not fear. Fear is in the second verse, after therefore. The first word of this psalm is God. 
Because of God, therefore, we will not fear. And that word for God is not the personal name Yahweh that he revealed to his people. This is the earliest word for God. Back in, our, back in the beginning, our, our, our first parents, Adam and Eve, would have called him El. The name is Elohim. The oldest word we have for God. And what that says to us is from the beginning of human time, from the, the first time that anybody even knew that God was, all the way through, he has always been our mighty fortress, our refuge, our strength, our help. Therefore, we will not fear. And look at, the, look at the, the rest of that verse. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, we will not fear even when life throws its worst at us and the ground beneath our feet shakes and trembles and falls away and the mountains tremble so badly they fall into the sea and the storms come so badly that the sea is, is, is roaring and foaming and we get the call from the doctor and we get the visit from, from the loved one and we get the bad news from the boss and whatever life throws at us. He is our refuge, our strength, our very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear no matter what life brings because regardless of how big the trouble, God is bigger. That first stanza, those first three verses, they end with, a, with an incredible word. Matter of fact, you might not have even noticed it. Usually when we read, we skip over this word. Most likely in your copy of Scripture, it's off to the right side. It may be even in italics. Unfortunately, some of the versions might even leave the word out completely, which they should not do because it's a part of the, of, of the text. And it is that beautiful word, Selah. Do you see it there? After verse 3, though its, word, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. Selah is a musical term. Remember, this is a song. It's a musical term. And those people who write and read music, man, they, they, they've got this weird language. They, I mean, this language's got lines over here and squigglies over here and dots up here and, and all, kinds of, all kinds of goofy little symbols everywhere. And somehow all of that means something to those music people. And one of those things that you might see every once in a while is called a rest. And depending on how many squiggles and how many little things are around, it tells you how long that rest is supposed to take. But when you get to that rest, that means stop. If you're playing an instrument, stop. If you're singing, stop. It means to quit what you're doing and be still for just that length of time. And so here, the psalmist says, God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's our help. Even when, the, when life is awful, we don't have to fear. The worst things in the world happen to us. We don't have to fear because God is here. Selah. And what he means by Selah is rest. Stop. Let that sink in. 
our refuge, our strength. Pause. Let that sink in. And then he moves to the second stanza. And in the second stanza, his theme is that God provides resources. He is not only our refuge, but he provides resources. In verse 4, we go down by the riverside. Look at verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There's a river that brings to the city what it needs. You know, most cities, most big cities, were founded along the riverside. If you look at the major capitals throughout the world, not counting Jerusalem, major capitals throughout the world have a, a river that runs through them or beside them. Cities are founded around the river. Why? Because that's where the resources come. That's how you get the water you need. That's where the, the, the wildlife is. That's, that's how you, you, you grow your crops. You, you have the resources of the river. And so here the, the psalmist says that there's a, a river whose streams take care of the city, make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. In other words, there, there are resources provided by God to his people. And so in verse 5, God is in the midst of her. He shall not be, she shall not be moved. In other words, because God is providing the resources that his people need, they shall not be moved. They don't have to give up or give up uh, or give up or give away. God will help her when morning dawns. The river brings those resources of life. And God is in the midst of his people caring for them. And the, but, but notice that last verse there. God will help when morning dawns. It's a reference to the fourth watch of the night. They would divide the night in basically sundown to sunup. Give or take, they'd go from, from six to nine as one watch. 9 to 12 is the second watch, 12 to 3 is the third watch, and 3 to 6 is the fourth watch. 3 to 6 is the hardest time. When I was, when I was young, you know, a couple of years ago, when I was, watch it, when I was young, we used to do uh, uh, lock-ins. You know, when I was a youth pastor, we'd stay up all night. And man, I, I loved, I'm, I'm a night owl, and I love the lock-ins. We'd have a great time. We'd, we'd, we'd go till 10, we're doing good. we go to midnight, we're still having fun. You know, from that midnight to 3, that got a little bit rough. That was a little bit, the hardest time of all was at 3 to 6. That's the hard time. It's the hardest time for, for, for us to, to stay focused, to have energy. And, and we, we start to fall away during that time. Where a, we are at our weakest in the fourth watch of the night. And that is key to understanding when he says he comes, uh, when it says uh, in, in verse 5, God will help her when morning dawns in that 
fourth watch, when we're at our weakest, he shows up like Moses at the Red Sea when the army is behind him and the sea is in front of him and the people are around him. He, the, the sea is not moving. The army is coming. The people are crying. And it wasn't until the last minute that God showed up and the sea parted. He comes in the, when the, the day is dawning in that fourth watch at the last minute sometimes. He waits for you to try everything you can try and to come to the end of yourself and say, I need you. And then he shows up. Watchman Nee was a Christian leader and author in China in the 20th century. And in, in, his, uh, in one of his, his books called The Normal Christian Life, he wrote about an experience in which he and some friends went swimming and he said one of the guys got a, uh, got a cramp in his leg. And because of that cramp, he, he, he started going down. He started drowning. He was out there flailing in the water. And Watchman Nee turned to one of his buddies who was a really good swimmer. And he said, go help the guy. Help him. And yet this friend who could swim really well just stayed there. He was kind of watching, but he wasn't really moving. And Watchman said, go. And the other friends around were yelling at him, go help the guy. And he just kind of stood there watching. And then as the guy kind of finally just was, was, had no strength left and looked like he was going down for the last time, finally the good swimmer jumped into action. He grabbed the, the, the guy that was struggling. And in just a few easy strokes, he brought him to the side and he was safe. Watchman Nee was so angry. He went over to his friend and he said, I've never known anybody to be so selfish. How could you stand there and watch him like that? And his friend explained, had I jumped in while he was still struggling, he would have fought me. I would have had to fight him and we both would have gone down. I had to wait until he was ready to give up. Folks, you cannot survive as your own refuge. You don't have the strength to handle it when the earthquakes and the mountains fall into the sea. You don't have what it takes on your own. And there are times when you cry out and say, God, where are you? And he's saying, you're not ready yet because you're still trying to do it on your own. He comes as the morning dawns. Morning may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Why? Because he's waiting for you to know that you need him so that when he steps in, there's no question, this was God and God alone. And so in verse six, we get a sense of his power. The nation's rage the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. This is the God that we can depend on. The God that we can trust in even in the most difficult times. The, the greatest power that the people of that day knew was, were, were the powers of war. The chariots and the, the, the nations, the kingdoms, the, the, the powers of, of, of the world. And, and the, the essence here in verse 6 is that there is one who is even more powerful. I mean, look at what it says. In, he, he utters his voice and the earth melts. Just by saying the words, he could melt the earth. That is 
particularly relevant because you remember how he created the worlds to begin with? He spoke them into existence. And if he chose by that same mouth with those words of his own, he could speak the word and the earth would melt. Reminds me of that first episode of the first season when Dr. Huxtable is having a conversation with Theo. You remember? Dr. Huxtable says, I brought you into this world, and what did he say? And I'll take you out. God spoke the worlds into existence, and if he chooses by his own voice, he can take them out again. That's the one upon whom we can depend. Power, strength, refuge, very present even when all of the world is falling apart around us. In verse 7, he is called the Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord means master hosts is a word that means vast armies. He is the master of vast armies. It is amazing that the almighty Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of hosts is with us. It's amazing that the almighty Lord would care about us. Tom Chisholm was a failure. He failed at insurance sales. He failed as a farmer. He tried to start up a Christian magazine and it failed. He was a part-time Methodist preacher and he failed. And then he sat down and he wrote, Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord of hosts is with us. It's amazing that he would care about us and be faithful. How many of us could testify that when my life got shaken up, when I was a failure, when I couldn't do anything right, God was faithful to me? I know that there's still this thinking that we're not supposed to talk in church, but somebody just needed to talk because somebody needed to say, amen, that's me. I've been there. God has been faithful over and over. But notice he's not only the Lord of hosts. Look in verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with, is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Of all the names that he could choose for himself, why God of Jacob? Why not God of Moses? Moses, the dude who lifts up a stick and a sea parts. Why, why, not, why not God of Moses who takes the people out of Egypt all the way to the promised land? Why would he not call himself God of Elijah who can, who can speak what's about to happen and he can explain the, the depths of, of, of uh, real theology in a, in a way that, that helps us understand what God is expecting? How, why, would, why would he choose Jacob? The name means heel snatcher. It became, that phrase became a phrase that means tricky one. He was a deceiver. He was a manipulator. There's an ancient Hebrew word for Jacob, and that's jerk. He was not a nice guy. 
Why would God call himself the God of Jacob? Man, there's only one answer. Grace. Grace. The Lord of hosts is with us. The Lord of Jacob is our fortress. Because what that means to me is if, if he can be the God of Jacob, of all people, then that also tells me he could be the God of John. Because John's a jerk sometimes too. And he could be the God of you. And we can find him as our fortress. And the stanza ends with that great word, Selah. The river whose streams make glad the city of God. There are resources. God is here to provide resources and to take care of us. He is the God, the Lord of hosts, and yet a very personal God, a God of Jacob. Pause and let that sink in. And as we think of the fact that he is our refuge and that he provides resources, that means that we can relax. The third stanza says we can relax. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. This is the, the power of our God. As I told you a minute ago, the people of that day only knew the, the weapons of war as, as the greatest power. And he says, look at those weapons of war and God is even more powerful than they. Look at the great works of the Lord. He's brought desolations on them. He took mighty nations and brought them down to desolation. He can make war cease. This is the power of our God. And when we understand the power of our God, then we're ready for verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Literally, that, that Hebrew phrase means to let your hands hang down. We can relax because the almighty one, the all-powerful God has it under control. He's got it. We can relax. Let your hands hang down. You don't have to take matters into your own hands. You don't have to wring your hands in worry. You don't have to throw up your hands and give up. You don't have to feel like your hands are tied. You don't have to let things get out of hand. You can just let your hands hang down and relax. How? Verse 10, be still. How do you do that? And know that I am God. The powerful, powerful statement is that he is God. Implication is that you are not. That's why you can't handle all this stuff on your own. Because you're not God. Be still and know that he is God. Vince Lombardi famously started the 1961 training camp with the Green Bay Packers. 
by picking up a football and saying to those professional football players, gentlemen, this is a football. He started with the fundamentals. The previous year, they had just, they basically threw away a chance to be the champions, to win the NFL championship. And so he starts the next training camp at the fundamentals. This is a football. And through that training camp and the rest of the year, he focused on those fundamentals. And that year, they won the championship. Sometimes we need to be reminded of this fundamental lesson. Christianity 101. This is where it begins. He is God. You are not. Relax. Be still. Know that he's God. And he's got it. Verse 11 repeats the refrain that we heard earlier. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The almighty master of the hosts of, of uh, the vast armies. And the same God who is very personal. The God of Jacob is with us. Selah. Pause and let that sink in. These are troubling times, beloved, but fear not. He is our refuge and strength. As long as Jesus tarries, we will face more troubling times, but fear not. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He is the place we need and he is the power we need. He is our stronghold and our strength. He is our fortress and our fortitude. He is our protector and our provider. He is our savior and our sustainer. He is our shield and our shepherd. He is our rock and our redeemer. He is our delight and our deliverer. He is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble.